What's up, my people? Welcome to Fellowship Bible Church's Sermon Spotlight. We are coming at you each and every week with a fresh weekend, a debrief, and an effort to send biblical truth. What better way to do that than by the power of conversation? I'm one of your hosts, Caleb Pearson. Joining me again, the host trifecta, uh, Miss Alicia Battaglia on screen. Alicia, how are you doing this lovely morning? I'm doing I guess great. It's afternoon at this yes, point. Yes, it's actually afternoon. I've been and here since morning, you know, so you lose all concept of time. Today is the first day of fall. Is so it actually the first day? Happy first day of fall. Wow. Right. Very cold yes. this morning. Very cold. The defrosting of windows has begun. Joining us again, you can't see him, but sorry, folks, you Perfect. can still hear him. Mark Francis. Excellent. And you know, it doesn't really matter what time of day we're here recording. People are going to be listening to it whenever they want. So That's a good point. Your viewpoint, your world perspective is not as relevant. You know, it's that's about good, what hey, other people are That's humbling are in its own right. Yeah. They don't know that we're 15 minutes late to care. record this no. thing. <laughs> they don't care. And you connected all. with half of the listeners, the morning people. That's true. The other people who are driving home from work or listening mm. to this thing, they're, you know, they're they're blowing you off right now. They forget this. I, I do get right. feedback get from a lot stuff. of people yeah. that, that, I mean, we have truck drivers that listen to us overnight, late into the hours. People listen to us on the way to work. A lot of fun. Um, joining us again, Senior Pastor Mark Carey. Mark, how you doing, man? Good. Good. Very good. Thank good, you. Good, good. Good to be here. Uh, two components to this podcast. We like to do a Sunday in review and then kind of pivot into application, church life response, where are we at and where are we headed. So a Sunday in review. Let's jump right into Romans 6, continued this past weekend. Uh, looked like we had a lot of people again, by the way. Did you have numbers on attendance, Mark? I know last week you mentioned. Well, I, I no, I don't. I know that F sat. Saturday night was one of our biggest attendants. I was it there. Was over two hundred twenty, I think, people. Wow. Saturday night. And it was and it, it was, was chilly. chilly, but it was nice. People brought blankets. I okay. was prepared. Blankets, I had, heaters. Yeah, yeah I had yeah. winter boots on and my wool yeah. socks, and, and I was of ready. Hot air coming from the front. Well, <laughs> so and, and additionally, other than you blowing all the hot air, oh, I was there, talking. Oh, yeah. you're, oh, you're <laughs> referring. <to you. laughs> oh. I did there, think he was there talking were about heaters. <laughs> the, I there were actual the follow, heaters. The follow oh, yeah. the star heaters were up for so. The for sermon the was fired, Mark. Well, thank you, Scott Santman. So, are you going inside for FSAT eventually? It what, will what? eventually go okay. inside. Yeah, okay. we'll, we'll hold See that as long as we can. How does how does 220 people compare to the inside capacity with social distancing? We we've set the capacity inside to be 300. Okay, so it's right, but man, I, that's pushing it. We are right. pushing for, as far we're, as people we're showing up. Look, I, yeah. we're, we're pushing the high two hundreds right now, which is why we need to have some conversations yeah. about what is the next kind of service options look like. Right. Mark, no, refer good. to that. You know, that's we're still good. in the works of trying to figure things out. Yeah. Um, but man, even so, I mean, it still just makes me want to say, still show people love, still show show people grace. You know, mm. there's just different. You know, if you if you don't sit in your perfect seat that you're always accustomed to, that's okay. You know, we'll, we'll survive. <laughs> you know, we will. Yeah. You know, worship can still happen. You know, let's just continue to care for one another in that capacity. And that's that's something that goes around the, the spectrum of the church. Mm-hmm. Um, as we we do the best we can to try to put on the worship service and, and preach and sing mm-hmm. and and do it. And we hope that the people that come can just enjoy and participate and engage with each other and with God all at the same time. And a shout out to the people who are at home. Yeah. Worshiping at home. There's a large yeah. group that are still at home. And, um, the, and they can sit wherever they want to. At home. Yeah. 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 No complaints about that. But the, the, <laughs> having less people in, he looks at me more. Now, I don't know if, if you're aware of who you're looking at while you're preaching or you just pan the room. No, you know I how pan different... the room for people who look like they're sluggards or sleeping yeah. or something. Oh, like man. That. I'm, I, yeah. I don't fall asleep, 
but I, I try to be so attentive and if alert. The, if the people start bringing blankets to the Sunday morning service, then you <laughs> well, might want to Well, FSAT, you can bring all the blankets you yeah. want. That's right. But, but yeah, no, that's a good, good message. That's good. <laughs> You're right, though, Mark. There's grace for that. Grace abounds more. Uh, let's jump into a Sunday in review. Romans chapter 6, verses 15 through 23. Where are we at? Mark Francis, coming your way first. Well, we're barely hitting verse 15 of chapter 6. Mm-hmm. To me, that's the key spot, and that was something that really resonated with me is if verse 14 is true, which we know it is, you know, for sin shall not be master over you, for you are under, not under law, but under grace. So then what, what next? What's the next logical question? You know, shall we sin because we are not under law, but under grace? In other words, we can, we can just keep doing whatever we want, have a good old party time the rest of our lives here on earth. And, and so this license to sin concept really comes up. And I, to me, we were able to chat a bit, and we talk about our community group yeah, that's a great. lot, and, and it almost turned into, this is not a thing, maybe it's not, but it was for us, this apologetics class for sanctification, if that makes sense. <laughs> so what if, you know, what if we're in this kind of a, a discipleship relational conversation with somebody who is not quite a mature Christian, and they have these questions, well, I'm a new Christian, and what what goes on with my life? I'm just keep sinning. You know, I've mm. I've got grace. I've, I'm good. I'm going to heaven. You know, should I just keep this up? You know, and, and but Paul instantly answers the question. But that was kind of a just a, a great dilemma to wrestle with um, in the sermon, and but also just in life in general. You know, how can we be equipped to kind of answer some of these hard hitting questions that come up? Yeah, and no, Paul does it for us, which is great. Right, right. He really does. He and I love, and I mentioned this last week. Paul addresses the questions we most likely have with the next couple of verses, which I think is great. And, and Pastor Mark, you used the phrase a lot uh, this past Sunday, under new management, which I just think is such a good. Uh, a lot of people reacting to that positively online. That's a really good way of thinking of it, because then it comes down to an understanding of what that management truly is. Who who are we now versus who aren't we anymore? Um, and and again, something that just kind of stood out to me is that idea of just because we are under grace doesn't it doesn't mean our problems are over but it means that's that's what's running things now uh and it's it's a very healthy place to operate from alicia i don't know if you have any thoughts to echo echo there oh yeah um verse 19 the second part so present your your present your members as slaves to righteousness leading to sanctification and pastor mark you said something along the along the lines that sanctification is making true of our daily practice Hmm. what is true of our position and that result is life and so um i really thought that that was neat because for the first 11 verses in chapter six that talks about our um who th- how we need to be thinking of ourselves as Christians and what God has done to reconcile us to himself. But then 12 through 23 addresses our living as Christians and um, our being is the basis of our doing in our Christian life and what that looks like in sanctification. And so um, we, we don't have that license to sin, uh, as some people might think, but we, we have the freedom to live in obedience to Christ and in a, in a life honor in a way that honors him and gives him glory. Um, and that speaks of the gospel. We've been recreated in Christ and we can now live unto Christ. We can live in Christ and we live through that power mm-hmm. that uh, Christ gives us through the Holy Spirit. 
Mm-hmm. So yeah, I you know if we took a a giant step backwards <clears throat> and remembered back um, in previous uh, looks here in Romans, um, uh, Paul gave a warning back in chapter one. Um, the wrath of God is revealed against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth and unrighteousness. And uh, and he goes on even in, uh, as he gets into chapter 5, he made this comment in verse 9, much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath of God through him. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And of course, the question is always, saved from what? Mm. What's at stake here? Why is Paul writing this? And you know, the, the big overall picture is he's talking about the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the gospel, Romans 1, 16, 17. For it's the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. For the righteous man is to live by faith. Um, saved from what? I mean, what's going on here? And God has an aversion to sin. He, hmm. and, and so do we, because we're created in the image of God. And we're created for fellowship and relationship with him. And only in a relationship with God and in harmony with him, in fellowship with him, do we experience all that we've been created to, be, to experience. Hmm. In him is life. Apart from him is death. Um, and, and that death is, is part of God's judgment against sin. Um, and even as believers in Jesus Christ, we walk into sin. It's as if God pulls back and says, okay, if that's what you want, then death is going to follow. You, you, you'll, you'll, you'll experience the stench of death in your life because the wages of sin is death. We've been justified, he said, for if while we were enemies, chapter 5, verse 10, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more... Having been reconciled, that's a given fact. We're born again, blood washed, we are right with God. Having been justified and reconciled, we shall be saved through his life. And now we begin in Romans 6, 7, 8, this whole sanctification. So what Paul is is addressing is is how we live in our practice, Mm -hmm. what we really are in a position. And, And we still, as believers, need to be saved and rescued from the deadly consequences of so sin. So many things. And why? Because the real new me is encased in this body of sin that has a propensity and a vulnerability to sin. And when we succumb to that, then we live in a realm of death and we lose out on the life of, and the experience of life. So all of this to say, if we can tie, uh, connect to and understand what it means that we shall be saved by his life, the resurrected life of Christ, which which is what he talked about in chapter 6. We have been buried, we, we've died with Jesus, buried with him, we've been raised to newness of life. So even as Christ died and rose again, so we have too, so that we can experience in our daily practice the life of Jesus, the, the, the life that he um, has secured for us at the cross. But that's important. It, well, that is all of we, life. We've we have got to know who we are in Christ before we can follow through with these imperatives because they're commands to present your members, to consider yourself dead to sin and alive to God. Let not sin reign. Do not present your members for unrighteousness, but present yourself to God. We we have no power to do any of that. 
except through the power that comes from Christ. And under law, which is what his point was, if we live in this legalistic mindset that I'm just going to try to do, do, do this and not appropriate the power, we'll continue to live in defeat, defeat, Mm -hmm. defeat. And actually worse, because it incites sin is his argument, is his point. Mm -hmm. But we're not under that in our position. We are under grace, and there are wonderful ramifications to that fact if we know it accept it to be true and live in light of it and that's i think what he's saying i think you said it very well the the law is the basis for condemnation not salvation and and so the fact that we are under that grace now is huge it speaks to that identity truth and you you mentioned even in verse 17 like we we were delivered you mentioned the usage of that word it's not something that has yet to happen it happened it's done living according to that act like it um and you brought up some good verses about you know working out your salvation but the emphasis on the ends of those verse and and uh, one thing you said, Pastor Mark, that stood out to me was um, pursue holiness with the same zeal that you pursued sin. Oh man, like mm. that—that that is such a small, very easy to palate like sentence, but that really paints a picture of how am I going to be pursuing God? Is is He truly my desire? Yeah. Um, delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Right. Do you imagine if Psalm thirty-seven four was flipped? It'd be yeah. terrible. But again, going back to what Mark Francis you were saying. The question is, so why should we do that? Mm. Uh, someone trusts Christ as their Savior, a young believer. Um, you know, I, the, sin is kind of fun. It, it, the, the, I like I, doing it. Why should I, I change? It's pleasure, and, yeah, and I'm sure. going to get to heaven anyway, and right. so well, why not? And that this passage that we saw Sunday really addresses that because Paul very clearly says, Oh, you still want to live under the dictates of sin? Sin is a horrible master. The wages, what you earn, the prices, the price that sin pays is incredibly high. The wages of sin is death. And sometimes as believers, until we have tasted that death and experienced it, we don't maybe appreciate what Paul is saying here. But talk with a believer who maybe for weeks, months, and for some even years have been swimming in the deadly consequences of their sin and they hate it. They're wretches. They hate it. Is there something more to life? There's got to be something more to this Christian life than what I'm experiencing. Well, there is. Hmm. The free gift of God being under grace is the experience of eternal life and it's ours. But those are those two masters. Mm-hmm. Sin will either master us or mm-hmm. God will be master. And I think us. the end of that chapter, which summarizes that question so great, just what you said, for the wages of sin is death. And, and that and that to me, like you said, is not just the, the physical death, but it's those little mini deaths. I know you've mentioned that. I've heard John Morrison mention that these little mini deaths that can happen over time because of sin. Yep. And, and, you know, we might not instinctively think of it as a death because it's this mm-hmm. slow progressive path downhill, just like it's a slow progressive path to, to be more like Christ. Mm-hmm. You can get sucked into that quicksand and then realize I've had all these little mini deaths over time of just kind of whether it be you know yelling at my kids or ignoring your wife or doing a little cheating under the table with your boss or whatever might be going on you know how he had a slippery slope downhill yeah mm-hmm. these little mini deaths keep happening and the wages of sin is death and and so that's that's a great response so why should I should keep on sinning it doesn't matter I've got grace mm-hmm. but no you're called to something better to where you need to grow in that understanding of who God is, but then you're not going to live life to its fullest, and there's consequences 
<laughs> to sin. And and what is the definition of death? Let's not spiritually define what what can be defined grammatically. Radical separation. We are experiencing a lot more than what you picture of death as, oh, it must be a funeral, or we're talking about the soul and where it's going to spend eternity. No, there's radical separation happening. Uh, there's a, a pastor of Passage City Church, Ben Stewart. Uh, he had a book called Single Dating Engaged Married. Uh, it's something that my fiance and I read through. Very helpful. He calls it a Navigating Love and Life in the Modern Age. Also, a, he did a talk at Texas A&M of, of this book, and he started out this whole series by saying, I've had a lot of you come into my office, you know, college ministry, grieving over these different things. All of you have cried more over a breakup than your grandma's funeral. All of you have, have really struggled with the death of a relationship more than the death of an actual person because of, of the different things they value. And so he starts to paint a biblical perspective of how to healthily approach dating and where the Bible doesn't address it, but, but where it can. Uh, but the death of something it, it is something that we feel. We have felt death, death. It, it, it's here. Well, and it's interesting, the wages of sin is death, and mm-hmm. wages are something that we earn. That's, we deserve that. That's, <laughs> but in, instead, as Christians, we get the free gift of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. which is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And that is a grace <coughs> alone action. It's a gift to be received. And our mm. response is, thanks be to God, gratefulness. But I still, in this passage, love the call to holiness. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I love that it happens twice here of just kind of to present yourselves um, as members of slaves to righteousness resulting in sanctification verse 19 but then also the same concept comes out in verse 22 that there's this call to holiness and romans will continue in this once you get to you know further chapter 12 as well but that is that's a reason why not to sin because god has called us to a higher standard he's called us to to live life to its fullest not just keep doing what we want to do but to grow in our understanding of who he is and then gets us to that to that next level of understanding what is what does it mean to have victory what does it mean to have and, and why would we want to abuse a grace that saved us he, he mentioned the language of, of tying human responsibility in with god's enabling yes. grace and backed that up scripturally this this past sunday i think that's huge to yeah, understand that was my favorite part of the whole sermon was just feeling the tension of mm. chapter six and the knowing what god has already accomplished and who he is and then our responsibility to obey we we do have that responsibility but that doesn't that doesn't compromise or negate his divine sovereignty his mm. divine grace he is still on the throne it's good and even shall i say the word mystery of how we have that <laughs> that he's given us that responsibility to obey um but yet he is totally sovereign over all things and it goes back to, again, the opening verses in Romans 1, 16 and 17, where he quotes from Habakkuk 2, 4, the righteous man, if you, the righteous man finds eternal life by simple faith. That's justification. The righteous man who is living out righteousness, practically, the righteous, practically living man shall also live by faith. Mm-hmm. It's appropriating yeah. in mm-hmm. the sovereignty of God as we mm-hmm. step out in responsible mm-hmm. obedience and faith so the manner of justification also determines the manner of sanctification. Yeah. And, and, it, and it is by faith as we appropriate and rest in, and then we step out in obedience 
to that, appropriating the power that he has given us. We and then we experience life. We don't have to report to our old <clears throat> landlord. <laughs> As you said, there, we're under grace. I still you know, go- We have that, that new landlord, that new lease on life, if you want to call it with that analogy. And yeah. it's to but, understand that, to understand but, our identity. But my ongoing concern for, for Christians is that I think, do we... Do many Christians live in their, their daily existence uh, content with the subpar mm-hmm. living and, and, mm. and, and death, the deadly consequences, and then attempt to ameliorate that death, to alleviate that through, through self-improvement, mm. <laughs> moral enhancement programs of, of trying harder or doing this or, or that, and 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 then and never achieving it because we're not tapping into the divine power. And over and over in Scripture, you get the commands: "Do not be deceived, mm-hmm. my beloved brother." So good. Mm-hmm. Be careful. Yeah. Don't be deceived. There's something Second grander. Second Peter, Peter hits that. Uh, I think just uh, right on the head, mm-hmm. starting in verse three. His divine power mm-hmm. has gr- mm-hmm. had has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted us his precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For these qualities are yours and are increasing, and they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Forever lacks these qualities, is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to make your calling and election sure, for you practice these qualities, for if you practice these qualities, you will never fail. Um, And so I just, that's, this power is, is his, it's his divine power. But there is that process of, we need to be having a little check on our uh, on our lives. What kind of fruit are we bearing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are we making our calling and election sure? What yeah. is that looking like? Yeah, and and that's not talking about am I a Christian or not? Right. It's talking about am, am, is what God has for me? Yep. Um, if I, am I living that out? Right. Uh, Paul wrote in Second uh, Corinthians is thirteen five that says test yourself to see if you're in the faith. He's not talking about am I a Christian or not. He's talking about, am I living in the faith? Am, am mm. I walking and, and experiencing what God has for me? And yeah, I think, and that's, by the way, the value of the body of Christ, where we help each other Absolutely. Uh, mm-hmm. do that, yep. because we've got blind spots. Even yep. practically now, spiritual checkups, there, there's a thing you can go yes, to right, the right, church, right, right. the, the website, point. and yep. the spiritual checkups. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and, and if you, you find yourself, oh, I don't, I don't, I don't need a spiritual checkup. Okay, that's, that's a bold hill to die on, I, I, I would say. Uh, the church isn't trying to diagnose you. We actually already know the, the diagnosis and the, the <laughs> treatment. Uh, life in Christ and what we're called to do, and it, it is that community group that I love that you guys can bring up each and every week of here's, here's how, what this looked like in the home. Here's what it looked like outside of the church walls. Um, that's, what it, that's what it's all for. I think yeah. that's But don't negate what you just said of the interpretation of Scripture mm-hmm. and the understanding of the difference of salvation and justification and sanctification, mm-hmm. because I mean, so many people get off 
the the wrong path and they're they're believers and they're really trying and they don't have the proper understanding and then they're putting themselves under the law or somebody else is yeah. putting them putting them and there's that guilt and then there's that judgment shame, and shame and that, and that, that's, so that's many things fodder for the evil one yeah mm-hmm. and what all it does is keep us in that place of of mm-hmm. uselessness and unfruitfulness yeah. by the way that was a word uh in uh in in verse um uh, what was it 21 therefore what benefit were you then deriving that's the new american standard version i think the king yeah, james has mine is but what fruit and that's Where the word the and that's time. the yes. that's the correct word right. what right. fruit now right. paul comes back to that as we'll see next week in chapter 7 uh, when he talks about um in verse 6 um uh or, or verse 4 uh, about uh, in order that we might bear fruit mm-hmm. for God. So mm-hmm. we're talking right. about being a fruitful. Mm-hmm. Um, that that speaks. You think of fruit. You, you're thinking of life and mm-hmm. succulent, uh, tasteful <laughs> excitement, life and right. bearing fruit for Him and and experiencing that. Is it is it true right there? I have a question for you. Romans seven four. I know we'll get to it. We may bear fruit for God. Is that true that that word's a subjunctive mood, meaning it may or may not happen? Yeah, it is. It is subjunctive okay. mood. Um, Just as far as the, right. the walk of sanctification and what, right. you know. In other words, it may or may not happen, right. depending on following the previous phrase of, of what it said. Right. I want to sure. bring one other point out, and I think yeah. part of all of this comes down to, again, and it's a haunting question mark you brought up at the beginning, that new believer, and why should I, you know... Um, you know, I, I think until we really fully... Um, understand and appreciate grace and all that Paul has said before uh, of, of our, our what Christ has done for us and 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 this relationship of grace and the love of God uh, you know chapter 5 verse 1 started out with that having now therefore been justified we have peace with him and mm. he goes through all of these things um, you know sin will not it continues. It can continue to have a hold in our life uh, until we see the beauty of grace and, and, and our love for mm-hmm. God. I heard an illustration of if picture it this way: of a couple getting married and and they're giving their vows, and, as you will mm-hmm. be coming up in February. But this one couple and the, the husband, the way he worded his vows was. Uh, I, you know, I, I promise to love you and cherish you and nourish you and all those biblical things. And he said, and then he added, and I will never divorce you. Hmm. We're f- to life. Now imagine if that wife hearing that, that lady picked up on that. I will never, you'll never divorce me. Great. That means I can go on and have as many affairs as I want. And I can go on and party with my friends all I want because he's just promised before all these people, he's vowed he's never going to divorce me. Whoopee. I can go and live what I want. Yeah. No, that right. it was all the more endearing mm-hmm. to him yep. that he said that. Yeah. And so if we really understand mm-hmm. grace, if we really understand what, what God has done for us, it grace does not push you away and say, oh, good, now I can right. go and live what I want. Truly understanding what Christ has done for us in grace endears us all the more to him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we embrace it and we say, okay, I, I want to I live for you even more. He's our treasure. He's our prize. And that's why... 
choosing Christ because you you in the summary we have the two choices to to live under the dictates of sin and self or to present myself to him to live in his power mm. and and we we do have that choice because we we are still living in these bodies of sin and sin is ever before us mm. but but may he be the desire of our heart may he be the treasure may he be our delight may we want him more than we want the those fleeting mm-hmm. passions and desires that ultimately lead to death. It, it has so little to do with us, the idea of the analogy of the landlord. We're, we're called to become like the landlord. If you have a wonderful, magnificent landlord, don't yeah. go throw whatever parties you want and abuse the power. It's a yeah. call to be like him and, and, and to treat it, okay, this is the Lord's house. My, my parents' basement flooded for the fourth time oh since 2008. And my dad's laughing and jumping and recording the dogs jumping around, having a wonderful time in the basement, and he's just smiling, saying, good thing this, this, this isn't even our house. It's the Lord's house. That, that perspective of, this is all God's, and, and we're called to, to, to be like Him, to become like Him together is, is really cool. By, it's not by, to... by the way, do you think God would want him to buy a better sump pump next time? Oh, I mean, I'm just saying. But... You're <laughs> definitely right. You, have, you don't know If it's God's house, it. keep the water out of it. You don't know the no. half of it. I, uh, we got flood sensors in our Amazon uh, box. Yeah, no. It <laughs> needs to, the, the flooding needs to stop. Um, but back to one thing I was thinking of is that, you know, us as listeners of this conversation and even as we're engaging in this, you know, it's it's speaking to our own hearts to to take it to heart and to understand what it means, but it's also stuff something for us to share and share with others. Mm-hmm. And as we have these conversations, we, we talk about this relational discipleship. You can't just go beat somebody up over the head and be like, are you really a Christian because you're not showing fruit? Or why why are you still sinning? And, and, and you got to have this relationship with people around you. Yeah. you know, it starts in the family, it starts in the home, right. and then it branches out from there into coworkers or people that you're that you have a good relationship with that mm-hmm. you can speak truth into people's lives and use these conversations, use these little skills or nuggets. You know, like I said, an apologetics class to know like how what's the best way to respond if somebody's bringing up a struggle that they're having or uh, somebody's bringing up something of, I just, I don't care about that. I, you know, I am who I am, you know, or that person is who they are and they just keep sinning because it's, can't help it. You know, so how do we respond to those things as believers in Christ? And, and do we have the, the skills and our, the tool in our tool belt to, to have that conversation in grace, in love to spur people on to grow? That's and, a, and that's really that's th- those are really great discipleship mm-hmm. type questions, yeah. mm-hmm. and and I know you're, you're, there might be more rhetorical than, mm-hmm. but I would say that um, we we are we do have a responsibility in each other's lives as mm-hmm. believers. It's really good. But I think we have to be careful that we don't hammer people right. with law, right? Like mm-hmm. what you're saying, yeah. mm-hmm. entice them with grace, and part of that is asking good questions about, you know. It, is this thing called the Christian life working for you? If not, would you like to explore why not? Mm-hmm. It's really good. Because God has offered us abundance of life. And people know if you're genuine or not. I mean, they can, like, people can see fake, like, nobody's business. And so when we're coming in love and true, like, care for them and their souls, then that does, that helps break mm-hmm. down that divide to where transparency can happen. Yeah. And you can mm-hmm. have those conversations. Um, and I really think that's a, what Paul was doing here. He, yeah, he cared for these people. Absolutely. That's why he's bringing it yes, up. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and two, ultimately, you, you ended the sermon with John 17, 3. This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ, Christ whom you've sent. And so it's this, I have a relationship with someone 
And I want to share that with you. If you if you could just know my Savior, yeah. mm-hmm. that he, he has the same for you yeah. as he has given to me. And to be able to share that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's good. And yeah. what, what can get between you and that? A, a, a worldwide virus? No. An election? No. A tumor on your spine? No. It, it can't. We've, we've shared stories here before of, of people having joy in a circumstance where it's like, well, why are you so joyful? Because I have a God who loves me to the point where he sent his son to die. It's all about that heavenly perspective. Yeah, yeah. That's really good. So let's wrap up here very briefly. Church life response. Let's say somebody's driving to work. You know, they're, they're struggling. God, give me a sign. What can I do? What can I, how can I grow? Well, we have the, the spiritual checkup, Mark, right? Is that yeah. on the website? It's on the website. Front main okay. homepage. There's a button. Okay. Just click on that and, and hit that up. And We've it got... doesn't take more than five, ten minutes yep. to do it. And we got the, the Home Center, which is available, um, accessible in print, or there's some new great features and tools that you can get digitally as well um, that John Avery and his team are putting together. Mm-hmm. So there's some options there with the Home Center. Um, you know, we, we talked about baptism, you know, if, just mm-hmm. next steps of kind of just growing in our walk. That's, you know, things that are happening here at FBC, the whole biblical training center you know, retooling what that looks like and having new courses and classes on Sunday mornings and online during the course of the week, Zoom. Um, women's are, uh, women's groups are meeting up again. There's so many different opportunities. Community groups are going to so start good. making a push here really soon to say, if you're not plugged into a group awesome. where you can have these Close conversations, look out for that coming up in October, November. There's there's plenty of ways. Don, Don mm-hmm. and Hartog is going to start next Tuesday mm-hmm. night a, um, a Bible um, f- for for anyone who's teaching the word and, and communicating mm-hmm. the word, uh, some workshops, monthly workshops on how to um, uh, communicate the word in a, in, a, in a very powerful way. So those are mm-hmm. real practical. Yep. Awesome. Super Sweet. good stuff. Thank you guys for joining us again. We are all over YouTube and podcast services all over the place. FBCVA.life slash Sherman Spotlight is a one-stop shop to drop a comment or feedback uh, and, and find the audio feed as well. You can find us on the Fellowship Family Facebook page and all that good stuff. Uh, the fact of the matter, everybody, is that sermons are not meant to just take an hour, but rather transform a lifetime. Until next week, much love and God bless.